step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome back to the Durst Show. Um, Donald Trump was arraigned today, first former president, first presidential candidate, serious presidential candidate ever um, arraigned. So I have one question. Give me one good reason why we were not able to watch that on television. There's no jury. There were no witnesses. There were uh, a couple of lawyers uh, for Trump, a couple of lawyers for um, the government. Uh, There was the special counsel and there was the uh, magistrate judge conducting business in the ordinary course of events. And we, the American public, were denied the right to see it by some absurd technical rule, not even passed by Congress, just basically enacted by the courts to protect judges from being seen picking their nose or scratching their rear end while, while on, uh, on television. Uh, it's, it's absurd uh, that we, the American public, don't have a right to see our, our judges in action. It would have been boring today. There wouldn't have been very much to see. I mean, half the journalists in the country seem to have travel down to Florida. It was good for the airline industry and good for the hotel industry, but everybody knew nothing was going uh, to happen. The most exciting part of the day was watching Trump go to my favorite restaurant in Miami, Versailles, where I go frequently after concerts. Uh, Great, great, great Spanish uh, and Cuban food and schmoozing with the folks. Uh, He was being Donald uh, Trump, but uh, uh, we had the right to see him being defendant Donald Trump. Uh, ABC reported that his soldiers' shoulders were slump, slumped over. Uh, some of the other channels reported that he was sitting like like a strong person, uh, defiant. Who to believe? I want to see it with my own eyes. Who are you going to believe, your own lying eyes, or what CNBC tells you and what CNN tells you? It's the most absurd thing in the world not to have this trial on television. And I hope that the judge um, decides to allow it. And if not, I hope Congress passes a law quickly, which they could do. I'm interested to see whether the president would sign it, allowing uh, television in all the federal uh, trials. Uh, There's just no reason to keep trials secret. Again, the framers of the Constitution and the Sixth Amendment talked about a public trial. When they wrote the Sixth Amendment, public meant, you know, people can mosey in uh, from the farms uh, and journalists could come in with their little pads and, and, and write down words. Uh, but today, public has a different meaning. And I'm fairly confident that the framers of the Sixth Amendment meant as public as the technology permits, as long as everybody's rights are preserved. And so today, public means television. Um, The Supreme Court itself recognized that when it heard argument in the case overruling Roe versus Wade, notwithstanding the tradition of not allowing broadcasts or telecasts, they allowed that 
appearing to be a broadcast. And I listened to it, and it was fascinating. It was very interesting to hear the justices. I would have liked to see them, but they didn't allow us to, to do that. There's no reason why we can't watch our justices at work and watch our judges at work. Now, you know, might want to prevent the jurors' faces from being uh, seen. Okay, there are restrictions that are permissible, but not a total ban on television cameras in the courtroom. So that's one issue that arose today. Another issue that arose today is, you know, if the Get Trump people are smart, and let's have no doubt about that, there are Get Trump people, isn't how can there be any doubt about that? Look at what some of the TV commentators from MSNBC and some of the left-wing politicians are offering Trump. They have no right to offer it, but they're essentially saying, look, maybe we can make a deal. If you promise not to run for president, we'll get the charges dropped. What could be better evidence that this is a get Trump political campaign to try to stop him from running and, and being uh, elected? Uh, and and that that's that's what's going on now. The best gift Trump ever got, best gift he ever got, was the indictment in New York, uh, because the indictment in New York was the open and shut instance of um, of illegal uh, targeting. Uh, here you have a district attorney, Alfred Bragg, and the district attorney both running on the campaign of. Get Trump. In fact, the title of my book, Get Trump, doesn't come from me. I'm not smart enough to come up with such a good title. It comes from their campaigns. That's what their campaigns were. Basically, they said, elect us. We'll get Trump. And if we don't, don't vote for us the next time. So <laughs> how do you expect them not to try to get Trump? And they know they'll get a jury, which 87% of the people voted against Trump. So they got Trump in New York and they got him on what I have said is the weakest indictment I have seen in 60 years of practicing criminal law. There is no law. There are no facts. It's completely a made-up indictment. Now, of course, some of the same people who are today saying, well, the, the federal indictment is stronger than the state indictment, they were defending the state indictment, including the New York Times, uh, which had op-ed after op-ed defending how strong and how wonderful the Bragg indictment was. I don't think a single person believed it. I think they were writing op-eds, looking you in the eye figuratively, and lying to your face. I cannot believe that any academic, any experienced lawyer, any decent person could believe that the Bragg indictment uh, held uh, water. It does not. The smartest thing that Bragg could do now, after this stronger indictment, the federal indictment, which at least has some plausible basis the tape recording of Trump waving documents saying I could have declassified them, but but I didn't in statements he made to his lawyers if they're ultimately admissible at trial. A much stronger case. The smartest thing Bragg could do would be to drop his state, his prosecution, saying, look, look, we have the case. It's a federal case. It's going to be in Florida. Let's just limit ourselves to that. And then if the special prosecutor was smart, he would drop the investigations in D.C., which is going nowhere. He made a constitutionally protected speech. And in um, Georgia, which should be going nowhere, all he said was find, find, not invent, not concoct, not manufacture. What he's saying essentially is 
There are votes out there that haven't been counted. Find them. And the smartest thing that the get Trump people could do, of course, they're not one group, so they can't get together. Um, but if, 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 if they were smart, what they would do is they would say, let's stop this now. Let's stop this, this attack on Trump. Somebody is ringing me. Sorry. Sorry. Um, they would stop this, this multi-pronged attack on Trump, and they would focus on this case. This is the strongest case they have, and I believe it's the strongest case they'll ever get. But that's not the way prosecutors do things. Bragg wants to be able to brag that he got Trump. And Letitia James is continuing her investigation, civil to be sure, but an investigation to get Trump. Everybody wants to get Trump. Everybody wants to hang his scalp somewhere. Everybody wants a notch on their belt. Everybody wants to get Trump. And um, again, as I said, the best thing that ever happened to Trump was getting indicted in New York because it weakens a stronger case. It makes it seem, even though the cases may be unconnected, that it's part of a pattern. And even jurors uh, who will know about the New York case may think to themselves, gee, even though this case seems strong, it's part of a pattern and we don't, we don't want to be part of that. We don't want to be part of that pattern. So that would be a smart thing to do. It's not, it's not going to happen. Um, there are motions that could be made by Trump's lawyers. The problem is he doesn't really have a legal team yet. He had two lawyers in court today. Uh, both are perfectly good lawyers. One, a local lawyer from Florida who has a good reputation, and the other uh, from out of town was a, a good reputation. But I can tell you, not hearsay, personal experience. I've gotten three phone calls, three phone calls from lawyers uh, who were asked to defend um, Donald Trump and all three of them have, have declined. These are lawyers who don't decline cases. These are lawyers who love high-profile cases. Being the first, the lawyer to be defending the first president of the United States ever to be in, indicted, what could be better for your career and your, and your legacy than defending the president of the United States? Uh, even if you lose, Jim St. Clair, my friend, who defended uh, Richard Nixon, he lost, but it still made his career and it helped his law firm. Things are different today. Things are different today. Um, these same lawyers who would have given their right arm to defend President Clinton and um, to defend others. You know, I defended President Clinton. I defended Ted Kennedy. Um, I defended Senator Alan Cranston. Um, they were all challenges and I defended Donald uh, Trump. I'm probably the only lawyer who's ever defended as many Democrats and and Republicans. But lawyers today, these same lawyers, these brave, bold lawyers, they don't want to be Dershowitz. They don't want a bar complaint filed against them by Project 65. The way Project 65 filed a bar complaint against me based on three hours of constitutional consultation um, in, in a case, um, they filed a bar complaint uh, against me saying that I had engaged in unethical behavior. They just obviously there's, 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 uh, 
uh, I did nothing wrong. And, and, and I wouldn't have had a bar complaint filed against me, but for the fact that I defended President uh, Trump. And, and they, everybody knows that. And the lawyers that I spoke to know that. And they know that if you search through everybody's case file, you can find something to file a bar complaint. The only other bar complaint that has ever filed against me about 25 years ago, um, some uh, Arab American group uh, filed a bar complaint against me saying I was pro-Israel and I pleaded guilty. <laughs> and of course, the bar complaint was dismissed. And if I'm not mistaken, the Arab group was uh, was condemned uh, um, for doing it. It was just a, obviously a political ploy. Um, but but this Project 65 is going after every lawyer, and sometimes they succeed. They succeeded, at least temporarily, with Rudy Giuliani. Um, they got his bar certificate suspended uh, without a hearing, just based on allegations and, and things he said, both in court and out of court, mostly out of court. And, and lawyers are perfectly willing to be tough and, and, and aggressive, but they're not willing to put their bar certificates at risk. And that's what Project 65 is doing. And Project 65 ought to be investigated by bars and by Congress because they are violating the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution. They would be going after John Adams if they were back around in uh, 1770, 1771. Um, it's, it's, it's an abomination what they are doing. And, and, and the worst thing is they're succeeding. I can tell you from personal experience, they are succeeding. I've had lawyers tell me we don't want to be Dershowitz. We don't want to have happen to us what happened to you. And it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate uh, fair fear. So now let's turn just for a few minutes, because we don't have that much time, to what defenses are going to be raised by the legal team whenever the legal team is assembled. And I hope the legal team not only includes trial lawyers, but appellate lawyers, because you need at any important trial, you need to have an appellate lawyer. I've done that for years. I've consulted at the trial level um, in anticipation of there being an appeal. One of the cases I did that in was Adnan Khashoggi, the uncle of the man who was murdered by uh, the Saudis. Um, they had every reason to believe they would be convicted in New York uh, with Imelda Marcos. And um, I was asked to be the God forbid lawyer to prepare for an appeal in the event there was going to be an appeal. And, and like in the OJ case where I was also the God forbid lawyer, uh, in both cases, we won the case at trial. So there was no appeal. In this case, it's likely there will be an appeal and there should be a legal lawyer, an appellate lawyer, somebody who has experience in making motions and successfully arguing motions. And if he loses them, bringing them to the courts of appeal, sometimes in the middle of the case, you can mandamus or interlocutory appeal some issues. In fact, one of the reasons that the case is in Florida today, not in DC, is one of the motions that you can generally, not always appeal, is the motion to deny uh, a change of venue. If the case had been brought in D.C., the first motion would have been, hey, this is not a D.C. case, a Florida case. All the allegations are about moving boxes in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. And if it had been lost in D.C. to move it to uh, Florida, 
they could have appealed it and taken it perhaps all the way up to the Supreme Court, and that would have delayed it. And that's probably one of the reasons why Jack Smith reluctantly brought the case to um, um, Florida, where he is uh, likely to get uh, a less biased against Trump jury than he would in the District of Columbia, where, what, 80-something percent of the people voted against Trump. So um, uh, we'll see what the defenses are. I, I, I can outline a few of them. Uh, there will be one defense that that challenges the rulings that were made in the District of Columbia about the lawyer-client privilege. The question is, can you raise them? Is it final? Is there race judicata, collateral estoppel? Those are very technical issues, and that will be litigated. But the question is, were the judges in the District of Columbia correct by opening up the lawyer-client privilege communication and allowing the special prosecutor to subpoena the lawyers, subpoena the lawyer's notes and use it as the basis for his indictment without the lawyer's notes, many of the charges in the indictment would not, would not exist. So that will be one of the grounds uh, uh, for appeal. Another ground will be the relationship between the Presidential Record Act and the espionage law. Oh, before we get to that, the first motion I make, if I'm Trump's lawyer, the first motion, I would have made it today. I, if I was his lawyer, I would have made it today at the arraignment. Your Honor, the prosecution should never be allowed to use the word Espionage Act, either in public or in court. The, the word Espionage Act, the description of the statute, it says Espionage Act, that's the statute. But he hasn't been charged with espionage. And it's completely prejudicial to use the word espionage in relation to this case when there's no charge of espionage. They should change the name of that statute. And if they won't change the name of that statute, at least in court, it should be called the Classified Records Act. It's an act about misusing classified information. Nobody alleges in this case that Donald Trump sold information to Putin or gave information to Iran. Nobody claims that. There's no espionage here. The statute is just named to taint people. It was first passed. It wasn't an espionage act. It was passed to put people like Eugene V. Debs, who were opposed to the First World War, in jail. And when you say, oh, we're putting Eugene V. Debs in jail for espionage, the public says, oh, good, good. Instead of saying we're putting him in jail because he opposed the war, thinking it was a capitalist Wall Street war, you can object to that. Fine. But there's a big difference between exercising your First Amendment right to oppose a war and giving aid and comfort to the enemy. What if it was called the Treason Act? It's the same thing. We shouldn't allow the names of statutes to be used in court to prejudice the defendant. So the first motion I make, the first one, I would have made it already. It's too late. It could be made in the next hearing. The word espionage is off the table. It can never, ever be used. If it's used once by the prosecution, we move for a mistrial. We move for a directed verdict. We move for uh, sanctions against the prosecution. No espionage in this case. You know, it would be as if you had a statute that punished the price fixing, uh, Wall Street price fixing, and it was called the child molestation and price fixing law. And a Wall Street guy is indicted under the provisions dealing with, with uh, price fixing or 
or, uh, you know, inside information. And the prosecution starts by saying, this man has been indicted for the child molesting. And, um, and well, what's the rest of it? And, 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 and the inside trading statute. The child molesting and inside trading statute. That's what they're going to do here. Donald Trump has been indicted for espionage under the Espionage Act for, for having classified material improperly, uh, which could have been resolved perhaps under the uh, Presidential Records Act. It, it should never be used. And I would hope that Trump's lawyers uh, understand how prejudicial the word espionage is in this statute. Okay, so let's turn to some letters. I love this one. Uh, now I can't get rid of the image of the stuffed fish plaque with Trump's face on it, which says I'd still be swimming if I had kept my mouth shut. Look, I, I, I wish Trump had had that in the Oval Office and I wish he looked at it every day and I wish he paid attention to it. You know, the judge in this case, the magistrate judge, has imposed a kind of gag order. He said, you can't talk to witnesses about the case. It's not really a gag order. But uh, trying to limit Trump in any way is not going to be easy. And his lawyers have a responsibility uh, to do that, which is probably another reason why he's going to have a hard time getting some, some lawyers. Okay, Mr. Dershowitz, if the Trump classified document case goes to trial, do you plan to write a book about it? It could be the legal battle of the 21st century. Great idea. Uh, it would be my, what, 55th or 56th book, depending on when the trial is over. I already have 52 of them published. I have a 53rd almost finished and a 54th about halfway. So this would be the 55th or 56th. I have a couple more that I'm, I'm, I'm working on. So um, I'm hoping to get to 60. Don't know. Don't know. If Trump had cooperated with the government and returned these documents last year when they first approached him, Trump probably would not have been indicted. That may be right. Um, it would have been a much harder indictment to bring. Uh, they could have brought it. Um, it would have still been a stronger indictment than the Bragg case <coughs> in New York. But obviously, if I had been his lawyer, I would have advised immediate return of the documents to do exactly what Pence and, 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 and Biden uh, did, not what Hillary Clinton did. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton did something a little different. She destroyed a lot of emails claiming, and probably truthfully, I give her the benefit of the doubt, that they were personal about hairdresser appointments and, and, and those kinds of things. But we'll never know because they were destroyed. It would have been much better off had she turned them over to the government and sought permission to destroy all the ones that were personal, but, but she didn't do that. Okay. This is why Democrats want to do away with in God we trust on our coins. Uh -uh, no, I want to do away with that too. I'm a liberal Democrat. I don't believe that God belongs on coins. I don't believe that God belongs in courthouses. I don't believe that God belongs anywhere where there's government. I believe in separation of church and state. Uh, God means something different to a Jew, a Catholic, a Protestant, a Buddhist, a Mormon, uh, a Muslim. And so this is not why we want God, we trust, taken off a currency. We want it to protect religion from the state. That's the origin of separation of church and state. Roger Williams, 
talked about the 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 uh, the garden in the wilderness, and he didn't want the wilderness to intrude on the garden. The garden was the church, the wilderness was the state. So he separated church from state for purposes of protecting the church from the state. Uh, I believe that uh, both should be protected from each other and we should have a strict separation between church and state. And the first thing I would do is taking God, we trust all of our, off the coins. I remember there was a store in Brooklyn when I was growing up. It said, in God, we trust all others pay cash. So, you know, you can make a mockery of it too, but, uh, uh, Okay, your local synagogue canceled you. Your friends canceled you. Uh, Trump wanted to attack Iran because Jews love it, and you're canceled by them, by your own friends. This is disgusting. If your friends don't realize that you're a, an attorney and a fair one at that, you're better off without them. It's their loss. We'll be your friends practically and spiritually. Um, well, we'll see. Um, uh, my friends have a right to cancel me as friends. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's what happened during the McCarthy period. It's what happened during other periods of, of history. And um, uh, it's, you're right, it's their loss. Uh, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to have my few remaining friends that um, uh, love me, admire me, and support me, even though many of them disagree with me. That's what America should be about, not canceling people because you disagree with them. He needs you to defend him. It's so important for every future president. What happens here? Look, I, I wish I could, but... I have a general rule that I defend somebody once. I also have a general rule that I listen to my wife and my wife has said very clearly, she does not want me to once again, defend uh, President Trump. I'm almost 85 years old. I don't need to have the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. I'm about to speak at the next Tuesday at the um, Chilmock Library. They finally invited me back with real restrictions. Only 25 people. Only one reserved seat for my wife. I can't reserve a seat for my friends, any of my friends. It's all first come, uh, first serve. Um, there will be no advertising. And I'm told that I probably need police protection, that uh, there may be threats to my physical danger. In Chilmark, Massachusetts, that's how strongly uh, people feel. I just don't know how I would do in a fist fight against Lori David, Larry David's former wife who's one of the people who has tried desperately to get the library to ban me so far. She succeeded in the beginning, but uh, less successful now. She works out every day and she's much younger, but um, I'll have police protection. So I don't think Lori Davis is going to be able to beat me up if she wants to. She'd like to, as would Larry. Uh, Larry, I can take, but uh, Lori is a little stronger. Okay. Uh, the lawyer comments were allowed by the DC court but that isn't the correct jurisdiction. The court of Southern Florida should reject the evidence from being admissible. Look, I agree with you. I think it was judge shopping. I think they went to the District of Columbia quite deliberately to get a more favorable uh, judge and a more favorable appellate court. And we'll see whether the courts in Florida um, uh, are open to reconsidering those judgments. Uh, Oh, this is nice. Others have said it, and I agree that you are a national treasure. Please take good care of yourself because we can't afford to lose you now. Well, you're not going to lose me to violence at the Chilmark um, a Library, I don't think. Uh, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep I'll try to keep safe. Yes, the trial should be televised. Yes, the trial should be televised. I agree with you. And I'm hoping it will still happen, uh, that, that, uh, that wiser minds will prevail. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, please, please help 
save the Donald, join his team. This is not a joke. Help save America. Look, I'm hoping to help save America by my podcast, uh, by talking about the case, by giving my views about the case. I'm just not going to be in court on behalf of Donald Trump uh, this time around. Okay. Mr. Dershowitz, if the DOJ illegally compelled Trump's lawyers to testify against him during the grand jury proceedings, could the case be dismissed? Yes, it could. That would be a ground. If, in fact, it turns out that the lawyer-client privilege was not vitiated by statements made by Trump and his lawyers, that would be a ground for reversal if there was a conviction. <clears throat> Alan, I'm trying to picture the scenario by which Trump is convicted, sent to prison, and then elected in 2024. Can you help us understand how it will all play out then? Okay. The criteria for being a president of the United States are enumerated in the Constitution. You have to be 35. Trump's 35. You have to be born in the United States. Trump was born in the United States. By his standards, maybe not, because he was born on Long Island, which is an island off the United States, much like Hawaii, where, where uh, Barack Obama was born. And Trump said Barack Obama wasn't really a naturally born American citizen, but I'm willing to give Trump natural born American citizen. And he didn't fight for the civil for the South in the Civil War. That's all you need. That's it. The rest, you can be in prison. Eugene V. Debs ran for president while in prison. Mayor Curley, I think, served as mayor of Boston while he was in prison. And so under the Constitution, he could and he wouldn't be subject to either impeachment or the 25th Amendment, he could govern. He'd have to get, you know, uh, special special procedures in prison. It's not going to happen. If he were to be convicted, uh, his sentencing would be delayed until after he finished his uh, prison term. And if he were to be elected, he would probably either pardon himself or take a leave of the presidency for a couple of days and get his vice president to pardon him. But, you know, we're a long way away from that. But all of that's all of that's possible. <clears throat> Okay, this indictment is more serious than the New York one, but the New York one will affect this one. Exactly what's wrong with the justice system? What's wrong with the justice system is it's become too politicized. It's become too partisan on both sides. Look, today's a congressman, I think from Tennessee, a Republican congressman, he was on a TV show just before I was, I didn't catch his name. I just caught his party affiliation, uh, uh, filed papers to impeach um, President Trump and, and I'm sorry, to impeach President Biden and Vice President uh, Harris, both unconstitutional. Um, the reason for the impeachment of Harris was that she didn't do a good enough job at the border. It's not a grounds for impeachment. Treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. And the one against um, uh, Biden is, I don't even remember that, uh, that he had a head of a crime family or something. What's the evidence? So um, I would oppose impeachment of uh, Biden as strongly as I opposed impeachment of Trump. But everything is becoming politicized today. And that's that's the problem. That's what Hamilton worried about. And he worried about it. He worried about it um, correctly. All right. Um, I think that's all the time we have for questions today. But looking forward to your questions for tomorrow. And looking forward to see if there are any more developments in the case between today and tomorrow. So see you then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.